Lecture topic. Duas of the accepted. Once again, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, we have this few moments to discuss some of the malfuzat and the statements of our Akabir and to learn from their teachings as has been many many times discussed that the lessons that the Akabir have given are nothing but what is from the Quran and Sunnah but what they have presented to us is the correct application of all this many a times person learns something but he still doesn't have the understanding of what is the correct application of what he has learned and a person then does things thinking what he is doing is the right thing but he is applying it in the manner that he thinks is right whereas that might be far away from what is really the way it should be applied so this is the need that the Kabir they insight into things, the experience they have been blessed with, the expertise that they have in the path of deen. We can not even imagine that. And over the centuries, those who have adopted this procedure, that they held on to the way of the seniors of the time and the pious predecessors, then that became a means of very easily getting past the many, many obstacles on the way, getting past the challenges, challenges from the side of nafs and shaitan, challenges from various quarters. So this is the need and this is why we from time to time discuss these malfuzat and sayings, there are sometimes just a few lines in there, but those few lines are a summary of many, many different aspects of the ahadith. It's all summarized in there. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we take these aspects to heart and we practice on the lessons that come from them. There's one malfuz of Shaykh Hazrat Mawashah Hakim Mawad Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Alayhi. says, ارشاد فرمایا کہ حضور صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ارشاد فرماتے ہیں کہ اللہ تعالیٰ پانچ قسم کی دعائے رد نہیں فرماتے there are five types of dua five people's dua that Allah تعالیٰ does not reject so dua dua is the essence of everything dua و مخل عبادہ dua is the essence of عبادت and عبادت is what we have been created for so when dua is the essence of ibadat, then the acceptance of dua is obviously the peak of it. And in this particular malfuzia, what is being explained is, Nabi Karim said, five people's duas are never rejected. So, who are these five people? Number one, mazloom ki dua. The dua of a mazloom, an oppressed person. Generally when we hear something like this, 
we read something like this. So we think of others that who are zalim. That this person is a zalim. So those who are now the culprits of his zulm, the, the victims of his zulm. So mashallah, they will be, their du'as won't be rejected. So we think about these things in terms of others. That who is committing the zulm? Somebody else. But Hazrat then explains something further here. First he explains, Muslim ki du'a Allah foran kabul kar leta hai. Allah Ta'ala immediately accepts the du'a of the Muslim. But thereafter in the explanation now, further as it says, Kabi insan maabab se lar jata hai. To maabab muslum ho gaye. Sometimes a person, he starts getting into a fight with his own parents. So now the parents became muslum, became muslum of their own child. Maabab se badtamizi se baat karni. Sometimes a person talks in a very, very bad way with his parents. He breaks their heart, meaning unduly breaks their heart. So what he did was wrong. And that wrong action broke their heart. If what he did was right and they want him to do the wrong, now because what he did was right, they got upset and heartbroken. Obviously that is their wrong. That is not his wrong. He'll have to make sabr on whatever comes from that end then. But what he did was wrong and due to this he broke their heart. Bas zulm ho gaya. Dil ka dukhana, dil ko satana, usi ka naam zulm hai. To hurt somebody's feeling, to trouble someone, this is all called zulm. Isse sari ibadat naas ho jati hai. And this wipes out all one's ibadat. It'll wipe it out on the day of Qiyamah. When a person now will have to pay back. And this is what shaitan makes a person oblivious of in this world. When a person is in that moment of anger and saying things, doing things, without any care, without any concern, at that time he forgets there's an akhirat. Just goes on saying anything, doing anything. But there's an akhirat coming that just completely escapes the mind. It comes to mind later. It'll come maybe half an hour later, one hour later, one day later. Maybe it won't come till maybe the next occasion a person now is sitting maybe in the Juma Bayan or something or some other occasion where somebody will now hear something about zulm it might occur to him at that time that what I was also guilty of it. But now the ego comes in the way, but am I going to go and ask for forgiveness and apologize and all these things is done now, it's over. It's over, just let it be. So neither do we stop on the spot when something happens and realize that this is our mistake. And then later when we come to realize about it too, then too we don't take the step of asking for forgiveness. Some of these things get left in abeyance just like that. Because everybody just left it. And then nobody formally forgave it either. Consciously forgave it. Allah forbid these things bite back very badly on the day of Qiyamah. And zulm is something that not only does it 
hurt a person very badly on the day of Qiyamah, the consequences of zulm come in this very world. But it comes in sometimes ways a person cannot identify that this is the consequence of my zulm. It comes in a way where a person sometimes can't even uh, link it in any way. He forgot about what he did also. How he conducted himself, how he treated somebody, it might have been anybody, somebody he knows, somebody he didn't know from anywhere. Somebody just on the road, somebody in the masjid. He had no idea who this person is, but how he dealt with him, what he did, constituted zulm. He went away, forgot about it, because he never saw the person again. And when he didn't see the person again, we going to ask him for maaf also. But these things then sometimes come back in such a way, Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. Now where the person once treated somebody badly, they never saw him again, doesn't even remember the incident, where he's going to link this consequence to that action of his? Can't even remember the action. But that zulm comes with these consequences. The example that is often given, and this works both ways for good and also for bad. The example of a tap and a long that hose. So now somebody's father says to his son, go and open the tap. He wants to maybe hose the car down or something. Now the tap is far away, that long hose. So now that asked him, did you open the tap? He says, yes, I opened it. He says, but there's no water coming. No, it's open. See, but there's no water coming. Maybe now the father will understand that why the water is not coming yet. But maybe the child is holding the hose, he might get impatient. How come? You see in the water, you open the tap, no water. Father will explain to him, it's coming, it's on its way. It's already in the system. But it won't necessarily be apparent instantly. It's in the system. Now, when it finally comes out, it doesn't mean that it came out of the tap now. When it finally comes out of the hose, that is only the time now it became apparent. Actually it was already on its way long before that. So very often, there are sometimes some very good things happen. Some barakat of various ways, various sorts come. But that is sometimes not realized where it came from. The barakat of sometimes things that a person doesn't give a second thought to. Just on this note, one is written about Bayezid Bustami Rahmatullah When he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. So now this is a dream, but it's a lesson. So I asked him, how did things go with you? So he says that I was ushered into the court and then a voice asked what did you bring he came now what did you bring along so I thought of now what should I say should I say I brought salah and came I brought fasting and came I brought this amal that amal now whatever came to my mind at that time but everything that came to my mind I'm thinking but all this there can be some objection but this was not up to standard this was not up to standard what are you claiming to have brought this? You don't even know whether it's acceptable, how it was performed. So when I couldn't seem to present anything else, so eventually I said, I brought Tawheed and came. 
So when I said I brought Tawheed, so then the question was asked to me, but what about the night of the milk? She says what actually happened was that one night I drank some milk and then this shortly after I started feeling some pain in my stomach. So I said I think I drank that milk, that must have been the reason now I'm feeling this pain. Now this is on a very high level. On our level if something is attributed as a means, as a possible means, it's not any sin provided that that is just on the level of means but the everything happens purely with the will of Allah Ta'ala that aqidah is clearly in the heart and mind he says but now when I said I brought tawheed and came so my question, the question asked to me was what kind of tawheed you brought on that occasion you attributed the pain to the milk we are those who we give the pain and we give cure from the pain also that time you forgot about it so what's the level of your tawheed that you're presenting he says when I heard this I began crying then I got no other nothing else to present now what must I present so I was then told that okay you see that one night you were walking out it was a rainy night and there was a little pup lying out in the rain and very down and out perhaps it was very sick you brought it in sheltered it, warmed it and fed it we forgive you on account of that deed of yours. You may go into Jannat. Now this was seen in a dream. Allah knows best whatever the reality transpired on that end. But this is a message. Sometimes via dreams Allah Ta'ala inspires somebody to take a lesson. So the point is we have no idea. So now that one good, sometimes that one good way it might help a person. And the one good which he sometimes will not give any second thought to himself. Generally, there will be more ikhlas in that. Generally, that deed which he himself also gave no thought to that. What's this? But that's sometimes the deed that has the greatest weight in it. Because there's more ikhlas in it. And what he also feels, I did something, Allah knows best what level of acceptance that might achieve or not. So the good also, sometimes in dunya and sometimes that good, Allah knows best when it will reach a person in his moment of need. And likewise, sometimes the wrong a person does, and especially the zulm he commits, is already in the system. The effects of that is in the system. But now it comes along and it manifests itself in time. Unless a person makes sincere toba and he turns to Allah Ta'ala, he makes amends for the zulm that he committed. If he has trampled somebody's rights, he now makes amends for that, seeks a person's forgiveness, etc. Then, that will now get withdrawn. But otherwise, it's in the system. Allah Ta'ala save us. So, this is a very important thing that we have to be forever careful and conscious. And sometimes we don't think what we're doing, how we're conducting ourselves, the piety that we think is confined to things that are just in terms of wazaif, yes, that's very great, that's bihat, are very important, but piety is something beyond that as well. That is part of the process. Piety is something above that. Dr. Abdul Hay Arifi, he says, once I was in the Haram Sharif, 
And as I was walking along somewhere, I just happened to notice one young person and how he was weeping in his dua and how he was beseeching Allah Ta'ala. I stopped there and I was looking for my satis to call them and tell them, look, this is how we should be conducting ourselves. Look at the piety of this person. And look at how he is beseeching Allah Ta'ala. See, as I was just now standing and seeing, watching him also, away now standing aside somewhere, and being inspired by the way he was, mashallah, making dua, and actually waiting now that I can see some of my satis to show them. Just at that time, somebody else was walking past, they didn't notice this person perhaps. And they happened to bump into him and maybe even hurt him in a bit. So as soon as this person who walked past bumped into him, so he got disturbed, maybe he got a little bit hurt to Allah knows. So suddenly this person just jumped up now. He was one moment in this engrossed in this dua. And the second moment now when this happened, he just jumped up angrily he started now fighting with this person. Can't you see where you're walking? And you got no concern how now he's reprimanding him and he's shouting at him in the Haram Sharif. I said to him, I feel they give you one slap. One moment prior to this, I thought, mashallah, this person is on such a high level of wilayat. Mashallah, his dua was very good, but I thought he was on a high level of wilayat also. But now the next second, the reality opened out as well, that what level he's on. Now he became completely oblivious of everything else around him. Where is he in the Haram Sharif? And what he was just busy with dua, for that moment he couldn't make sabana. Somebody bumped into him, that was wrong. But now he didn't uh, injure him or something. It might have been a little, maybe got hurt slightly. But he didn't cause any major damage. That person was careless, that's not correct. But this reaction, and this reaction in the Haram Sharif, and then now also fight physically with the person. So now this, these are two total opposite pictures of the person. So on the one side, mashallah, they say that even Bayezid Bustami Rahmatullahi will get envious, or Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullahi will get envious. That mashallah, how wonderful this person is. And one, one picture of the person is seen. And sometimes the other picture is seen, they say even Shaitan feels ashamed. One side, even Junaid Baghdadi will feel envious. I wish I can be like this. Says other side, even Shaitan feels a bit embarrassed and shy. See, this fellow beat me also. Now, that is not wilayat. That is not what we are taught how to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. To get closer to Allah Ta'ala, there's a complete deen. Deen in all its departments. Ibadat, mu'amalat, mu'asharat, akhlaq. Obviously the foundation is iman. In all the departments of deen, a person is making the effort to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, improving himself and correcting his mistakes. But generally, generally, this does not happen. This overall improvement, it is generally something that is not achievable without the guidance and supervision of somebody who a person hands himself over to. One is a casual and superficial kind of uh, connection, relationship. Once in a while somebody might relate some dream. I saw myself flying somewhere quite high and uh, what should I do next? 
But then after that, what else he's doing in while he's awake? That's not being discussed. Only what he saw while he's dreaming. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Many people would come and they would relate dreams that they saw about him. MashaAllah, very good dreams. So he used to regard it as a ni'mat and as part of showing appreciation for this ni'mat, he would even record it in one book. One booklet he had, one exercise book. So he would have it written down. The person came and said, okay, write it down now. As a ni'mat, Allah's blessing this is. But on the cover of that book, he had something written there. On the cover of the book he had written, that in the akhirat, a person will not be judged about what he dreamt, or what others dreamt about him. He will be judged by what he did while he was awake. Not what he dreamt while he was sleeping. How he conducted himself while he was awake. That is what his outcome will be and what the judgment will be based on. So this improvement, overall improvement in all the departments of deen and especially as far as ibadat is concerned, when a person some concern of deen comes, when some consciousness comes, then many a person starts becoming conscious of his ibadat, becomes conscious of learning how to fulfill the ibadat correctly as well. Somebody will even go for some tajweed classes, mashallah. Excellent, very necessary. It's the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's kalam must be recited in the way that Allah Ta'ala wants it to be recited. لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَلَّمْ يَتَغَنَّ بِالْقُرْآنِ One explanation of this is that that person who doesn't recite the Qur'an with the correct tajweed, maybe Islam says he's not from among us. So the Qur'an Sharif has to be learned, how to recite it correctly is very necessary. And if a person didn't have the opportunity earlier in life, now the realization came, whatever best effort he can still make, he should make. Still go to somebody, ask them to teach him how to recite the Qur'an Sharif correctly. Sometimes at a certain age now, it becomes very difficult to get the letters pronounced the way it should be pronounced because now the tongue is set in a certain mold now over years. So now to readjust it and mold it differently becomes very difficult. But the best effort that a person can make at any point in time that the consciousness has come, he must make that effort. Allah Ta'ala's kalam. If some poet has composed some poetry, now somebody is reciting some nazam, and now the person who composed the nazam is sitting in the gathering. Now this person is reciting the nazam, but he is mispronouncing the letters and making a whole mix-up of it. That poet who is sitting there and listening to how his poetry is being recited, the chances are, he'll tell us, you really, it's a, such an upsetting thing now listening to how you are reading it. Let alone some poet read, hearing his poetry being recited incorrectly and not being pronounced correctly. Somebody pronounces our name incorrectly. The pronunciation of our name also, somebody got it wrong, will correct him. We don't feel nice about it. Now how this person is pronouncing my name? Now some are very common names, but sometimes some names are not so common. So now some people don't get the pronunciation right first time. They may be not familiar with that name. So now you'll hear sometimes this happening. Somebody didn't get the pronunciation right, the person will correct him. Or it's not that, it's this. So our name, we want it to be pronounced correctly. Allah's kalam, that can be recited anyhow. 
without care no no allah tala's kalam is allah's kalam and allah's kalam must be recited in the way that allah is pleased with it so haphazard recitation that's not going to bring the rahmat and barakat from the recitation of kalam so in any case that we digress from the what was being discussed allah allah so a person now some consciousness of deen came so now he'll start first becoming conscious of ibadat he even maybe makes a effort to learn the tajweed correctly he might even go to somebody teach me the postures of salah alhamdulillah it's very necessary but how many a person who has become conscious of deen now that look, i need to get my life fully on deen so he goes and inquires about how to conduct his muamalat correctly now I'm this kind of business and it's carrying on is everything this is how am i doing it it's right or wrong how many a person inquires about his muasharat how many a person puts spells out his own akhlaq this is my story this is what my conduct is whereas that is what islam is requiring that islam is not confined to one aspect it's overall everything So now a person sometimes says no I went to visit my chef mashallah very well what you went and did they say no I went I visited him I asked him how he is mashallah very good you told him how you are you asked him how he is mashallah he is very well but did you tell him how you are he says no I also told him mashallah I am very well very well what so I'm well you very well in just your physical self or very well in everything else now the penny drops what is being spoken about he says no well i think he was busy a little bit so i didn't talk too much so mashallah you found such a time to go and talk to him when he was busy so you didn't have to tell him anything besides your one dream how high you are flying that's all full stop so that's not how the way islah happens and that's not the way in which a person's correction takes place the correction takes place when he spells out what his problem is I haven't heard to date somebody went made an appointment to go and see a doctor to go and tell him I'm well. So if you're well, why you came? Nobody goes to see a doctor because he's well. He didn't go to tell the doctor. I just came to tell you I'm fine. He says, well, that you didn't have to come all the way and make an appointment for that. So the point is that the way forward is to become conscious of our Islam. and that islah is rectifying ourselves in all the departments of deen and unfortunately because we neglect some of these things then this becomes the outcome that a person sometimes get involved in some kind of zulm or the other does it even cross the mind and if it does cross the mind later he says well now this is all past now so let it be but allah taala save us that these things then catch up later with the person there's one incident about one ruler he tried to wanted to build something so he was just taking over everybody's land around where he wanted to build something so he probably had one piece of land there but he wanted to build something far bigger so now forcefully he is buying everybody off so now they got no choice one old lady said i'm not selling so now tried to give her more I'm not selling. 
And when now everything fails, she says, well, she's not selling now, just throw out. Because she got prepared to sell, and we, want to, we need the place. So throw out. She said, it's my right, it's my land, I'm not selling. So eventually they now made the decision that she must be thrown out, meaning forcefully remove her from there, and then just demolish the place. So now the day when this was going to happen, that the day prior or just prior to this whole forceful removal that was going to happen, she got to know that this ruler, this king, he was going to pass and come into the same area again to now come inspect now what's going on, how his construction has started or not from all the other pieces of land that he already has taken over. So now when he was going to come to this place, there was one narrow bridge, he had to cross that bridge. There was no other way to come here but to pass through that bridge. So she got to know now this whole entourage is going to be coming. So she went and waited by that bridge. And now as he came onto the bridge, she came in the way. Now it's a narrow bridge, they can't pass without knocking her down. And now somehow she just managed to gap in there before the guards could get hold of her or something. And she came and blocked his way. So whatever he was riding or something, somehow she came in the way. So now he was away now, this lady is the one who's now causing the problem for me because she doesn't want to sell and whose now house we are going to demolish. So she grabbed hold of the reins of that horse and she said to him, are you going to settle this matter on this bridge or that bridge? On this bridge here in dunya, that you now give the instruction that this is mine and you got no right to take it. And you cannot forcefully remove me from here. Oh, you want to leave it for that bridge on the day of Qiyamat, Pulsirat. And on that bridge, when you'll be found guilty, you know where you're going to fall. So now that consciousness of Akhirat, that there's a hereafter coming. This bridge of dunya, many things will cross here. Many things will pass here. But the bridge of Akhirat is coming, then no amount of influence, power, might, wealth, anything will come to any avail of a person on that day if his deeds are not in order. On that day, it will be his iman, his amal, that is what's going to talk, that is what's going to take him along. So, this started off on this discussion about that five people's du'as are not rejected. First person was the Muslim. The Muslim's du'a is not rejected. Number two, haji ki du'a rad nahi hoti. Jab tak ke wo gar wapas nahi aajata. The dua of the haji, until he returns home, that dua is not rejected. Now, this is the dua of a haji, very great virtue this is. Very great virtue. But the very important thing is the dua of a haji. What is the meaning of this? Dua of a haji, you know what it means. Dua of a person went for haji. But sometimes a person performs salah, but he performs his salah in such a way that in the Hadith Sharif it comes that such a person's salah is flung back at him like a dirty rag. And the salah curses him 
May Allah destroy you as you have destroyed me. Why? Because of the manner in which he performed the salah. Very haphazardly, didn't perform the ruku correctly, didn't perform the sajda correctly. The ta'deel arkan, performing all the postures with ease and calm. So especially the postures that get neglected very often, the qawma, the standing posture after ruku, before going into sajda. Very often, that he is done in extreme haste. Sometimes people don't even stand up upright from the ruku and three quarter way up and they already gone into sajda. So they completely neglected that wajib. And likewise between the two sajdas, the jalsa posture between the two sajdas, person comes three quarter way up and he's gone down. So he completely neglected that wajib. And likewise anything else that's done haphazardly. So as a result that salah gets flung at his face, and the salah curses him. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us from this. This is a need to now improve our salah and correct it. Likewise, hajj. If it is performed correctly, if it is a hajj maqbool, then the dua of such a haji is accepted and will be continued to be accepted until he has returned home. But Allah forbid if that hajj is done in a way that now done very carelessly person is not even protecting himself from haram while on hajj casting haram glances here and there and everywhere indulging in ghibad if he's fulfilled the arkan and the compulsory aspects and the fundamentals of hajj properly then his hajj the obligation inshallah will get absolved but that hajj which brings about all the virtues of hajj, Allah knows best whether it came or not. And whether such a person's du'as are on that level which always accepted, Allah knows best. Just say that salah sometimes is cursing him, Allah forbid the hajj is cursing him, then his du'a is going to be accepted. So the point in the lesson is that any amal must be done correctly. So one is just to go through the motions but do our own thing in the process. That's not going to bring the full benefit of it. Allah forbid sometimes it will destroy all the benefit if it was done. Where the haram is carrying on as well, the rebirth is carrying on, the gaze is not being protected, person is doing other things, Allah forbid what not goes on now because that phone is still in the hand. And even in places, the Mubarak places and the Haramain Sharifain, Sometimes inside the Haram Sharif, person now is still so caught up in his old habit. So now he's on social media and then what not is coming on, he's just pressing anything. Right inside the Haram Sharif now some music is coming on. What not the person is watching in there. And because of old habits, it didn't die even in the Haram Sharif. That is how dangerous this becomes. How destructive it becomes. That with time, a person doesn't even remain conscious of what I'm doing. And where am I doing it? Just becomes part of him. This carries on. And he becomes oblivious of his surroundings, oblivious of the people around him. This carries on. So, this is the very important aspect that that amal must be done correctly. Then that dua will also be, inshallah, accepted. Number three, mujahid ki dua rad nahi hoti. Jab tak ke wo jihad se wapas nahi aajata, uski dua kabul hoti hai. The dua of a mujahid. This is not rejected until he is engaged in the 
جہاد خود دین اف اللہ تبارک و تعالی نمبر فور مریض کی دعا رد نہیں ہوتی دعا آف اے سک پرسن مینی ٹائمز اے پرسن از سک سی سی سو بارڈ آئی ڈونٹ ٹو ڈو energy for anything else. So you see now then I started watching, getting onto social media and one thing led to another and started watching some YouTube and this and that. Allah knows best where that energy came from. But there wasn't any energy to recite some tasbihat also, even the basic amount of it. So none of these things suddenly were possible, but this became possible. And hours went past and then one thing led to another. And Allah forbid that that time in which a person was very close in terms of acceptance of dua, he destroyed all those moments in haram. Person is ill, obviously an ill person cannot make it to the masjid, his excuse for salah with jama'ah, depending on the level of illness. So likewise, his ma'zur, his excuse from other things as well to a level. But there's something that takes no energy physically. And that is dua. And as we just understood, that the dua of a sick person is not rejected. Now in sickness, person is lying down, he doesn't have the energy to do anything else, but he can be making dua directly from his heart. He's talking to Allah Ta'ala directly from his heart. If he is so sick that he can't even move his tongue, that too doesn't matter. He can talk to Allah Ta'ala directly from his heart. And the dua of a sick person is accepted. Now that's the time to be engaging, not 24-7, then at least some amount. We are not of that level that we will be able to maybe keep the presence of mind for so long. But every now and again, person is lying down doing nothing. He's lying down and doing nothing, but he can't engage his heart also in talking to Allah Ta'ala for a short while, every now and again. So then there's some barrier somewhere. So now this is an opportunity. On the one side to ask for afiyat, to ask for shifa, that true dua should be made. Many a times a person is asking others to make dua for him because he's not well, but he's not making dua himself. Whereas his dua is sometimes far more acceptable than theirs. Because of his condition of illness. We must ask others as well. But in that condition, the dua is very much closer to acceptance. So dua for ourselves, dua for our families, dua for the ummah at large. In that condition of illness. And when going to visit a sick person, we should give him dua. And it's a time to take dua also. The sick person, we should take his dua. Give him dua also and take his duas. His duas are very much closer to acceptance. And on this Hazrat gives on Nasihat, he says the doctors in particular, they have a very great opportunity because this is their job. They're all the time attending to sick people. So now, every Muslim patient you'll see, 
he should ask him for dua give him the treatment but ask him for dua and subhanallah this is ajib one true ask him for dua you get paid for it too so in any case he'll get paid for the payment for the for the treatment not for the dua but he'll get duas also and his fees as well he won't be obliged to give a discount because he got some dua but nevertheless the point is this is just on the side the issue is that this is an opportunity which just gets because just taken for granted so this opportunity is missed out on to ask the sick person for dua and there is a dua that is mentioned in the hadith sharif that is to be recited by a sick person as'adullah al-azim rabb al-arsh al-azim ayyashfiyak seven times this dua should be recited it must known as'adullah al-azim rabb al-arsh al-azim ayyashfiyak so when the visiting somebody the masnoon amal should be adopted these masnoon amal have tremendous noor and barakat in it that barakat benefits the sick person also in the sunnats of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi practiced in that moment in time that barakat and blessings that descend the rahmat that descends that benefits the visitor that benefits the sick person also so we should give dua this particular dua of the hadith sharif and then the fifth one allah taala bhai ki dua bhai ke liye rad nahi farmate jabke wo uske liye ghaibana dua kare that when a person makes dua for his fellow muslim in his absence so somebody wherever he might be but in our private moment we making dua for him wherever it might be anybody else so the person who's making dua for some other person in that person's absence that dua is accepted is not rejected and on top of that an angel is appointed to say amen to this dua and further to also make dua for the person making the dua may allah bless you with the same now what a wonderful opportunity to get the dua of the angels to do what make dua for others many a times there's a problem sometimes problem for example between spouses problem between family members problem sometimes between some friends two very close friends something happened now things went haywire or family members now there's some issue and now they are on loggerheads with each other spouses are in loggerheads so now everybody is trying to resolve the problem asking for advice here somebody is asking there and somebody is scoring points here and somebody is scoring points there when you sit the parties down sometime and now trying to get to resolve the issues so or sometimes one question is asked okay you making dua for your spouse so now there's no answer because probably they making bad dua maybe not verbally but they heart So now we're making baddua that's not going to help us, not going to resolve our problem. But now that was a crisis that should have started off with making dua for ourselves, dua for each other. But at that time, person can't, it just doesn't come to mind, but what? Let me make dua for the other party as well. After all, we're in this boat together, we need to make it work. Oh, this... friendship now carried on for so many years now it's just going to be falling apart 
Let me do for my brother as well. So dua for others. And often in these kind of situations, when something has gone amiss, something in some relationship has soured, then the heart becomes very bitter. Insan now. So sometimes the heart becomes bitter. The issue is sometimes at one level. Just for the sake of understanding, it may be 3 out of 10 or 5 out of 10 too. But the bitterness of the heart goes away to 10 out of 10. Now in that condition, all the person can do is just wish ill. And wishing ill for somebody is a very serious problem. It's malice. And this malice is a very, very serious malady. It's a sickness. It's a malady. A mu'min, a mu'min, his heart wishes well for everybody. A mu'min cannot have a heart that wishes ill for anyone. All these aspects of good akhlaq, to understand it just by way of an example, which parent likes to see their child dirty? So now that mother will dress the child up, clean him, etc. Now keep telling him, look, don't go and play in the mud and don't do this. And when you're eating now, make sure you don't spill on your clothes. And now that parents like to see the child clean, presentable. Let alone children, who likes to see people around them in a dirty way, shabby, unkempt. Now the husband just came back now after a long day and he sees his wife now in an unkempt way. Now he feels so upset about it. All the other way around. It's all part of etiquette. It's necessary that these things are upheld. That this cleanliness, neatness, all this is part of deen. So now everybody wants to see everyone around them, their children, the spouses want to see each other. The and You see people clean, neat. Allah Ta'ala gave us all the things of good akhlaq. Allah wants to see our heart clean. We want to see everybody outside clean. We can't see the heart. Allah Ta'ala sees us inside and out. So Allah Ta'ala gave us the virtues of all the good akhlaq. And Nabi Kareem Sallallahu gave us the harms of all the dirt. That look, this is filthy. This is extremely dirty. This has got a terrible odor in it. This is, so don't have this in your heart. Don't have this smell within you. Don't have this dirt inside. Keep your heart clean. Keep it shining. Allah Ta'ala loves that clean heart. So now, just as the external self gets dirty, as much as you try to keep it clean, but that's why you have to bath so regularly, and then every day you have to still clean yourself, and then your clothing has to be washed so regularly, because whether you like it or not, the dust is going to settle. So this continuous cleaning and washing has to, cap- has to happen. It's not going to stop at any point. As long as there's life, the person is walking around, he's going to carry on. So likewise, this inside too gets dirty. Things happen around. Somebody will say something, somebody will do something, something or the other will affect the heart. And some, something will come in, some dirt will come in. So now there's a need, just as there's need to bath regularly and daily, 
there's a need to do this and that to keep ourselves clean daily. Every morning a person wakes up now, first thing he has to start off with his miswak. And every wudu he's been encouraged with miswak so that the mouth remains clean. And all the other aspects of cleanliness that have been taught, that this will be ongoing. So likewise, the process of cleaning the heart will be also ongoing. And among the aspects that are very, very effective in this, that especially when some dirt has come in the heart for somebody else, in the person's absence, in our own private moment, deep down from the heart, nobody even has any idea what this person is doing, but make dua for him. Make dua for every good for the person. Make dua for every barakat and afiyat and whatever else, all the good things. Dua for safety from every calamity, every hardship. Feeling envious over somebody's progress, make dua Allah grant him more. Feeling jealous over somebody's na'mat, make dua for him over deeply from the heart. Sometimes it might require forcing the heart to do it. But dua Allah Ta'ala bless him with even more na'mat. Allah Ta'ala grant even more barakat in that. When this dua will happen with sincerity, it is impossible that a person is scrubbing himself with soap and hot water and the dirt is not going to come out. Now with the best detergent and he is washing himself and scrubbing himself, the dirt will come out. This has an effect of really scrubbing the heart from this kind of dirt. That way dirt has come for somebody in particular, this is a detergent of a very high level. Since, because who else is hearing? Deep down, silently, maybe not even, as mentioned earlier, just talking to Allah Ta'ala from the heart. If a person is making dua, in a, raising his hands, so nobody knows what dua is making. They'll see him, they'll probably think he's making dua for prosperity for himself, but he's engaged in dua for prosperity for his brother, for goodness for somebody else. So there can't be any riyah in that. So that sincere dua has a very scrubbing effect on the heart from this kind of aspects. Deeply, genuinely. Not just one time just to tick the box. Over and over again. Until this dirt comes out. Because sometimes the dirt is a little stubborn. So now one is just rubbing the soap then sometimes it might need a scrubbing brush too. Somebody says now probably you need a steel brush. Point is that something or the other will scrub it out but eventually. But the point for the heart is this dua. So among many other things, is this dua. So the dua of a person for others, and subhanallah, this is one, such a simple and easy way to gain so much. There's only so much we can do, as an individual, how much, whatever good a person tries to do also, how much can he do? We are so limited, we are so weak, how much can we do? We'll do a little bit and that's where we finish off. But we make dua for the good that others are doing. Somebody is, mashallah, so involved in inviting people towards deen and making so much of sacrifice, going far and wide in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Jamaats that are working in all parts of the world. We don't even have an ability to do one fraction of it. But to make our share in that, such a simple amal Allah has given us dua, make dua for them. Allah Ta'ala grant barakat in those efforts. Allah Ta'ala make it a means of hidayat. Allah Ta'ala grant tremendous khair. Now by means of dua for that, we have become, we, we gain a share in it. 
somebody is doing some other work of deen, somebody is teaching Quran Sharif, it probably be beyond us to ever do that. We haven't had the opportunity to learn Quran Sharif in a way we can one day teach it. We can become part of that very, very great amal and that's such a great action by making dua for those who are involved in teaching deen, those who are involved in imparting the knowledge of deen. We're sitting in our business maybe, we're making dua for somebody teaching deen, we're getting that reward. And likewise, in any other aspect of life, somebody is doing some good, some welfare work people are doing, some other good somebody is doing, somebody has a passion to go and assist people in their moment of need. We don't have that ability. Somebody is, mashallah, making jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala. We don't have that capacity, but we are remembering the mujahideen in our du'as. We take the benefit, the share in their amal, which we can't even manage one fraction of. So this dua is no ordinary thing. After all, it started off on dua, dua of mukhul ibadah. It's the essence of ibadat. We should build a habit of dua. And dua in all these aspects as well. This is a very easy way to gain so much. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Allah ta'ala make us among those who are, whose hearts are connected to Him in dua all the time. And make us among His true servants. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين بهذا درود السلام نعم شو بذكر دعوتي الله الرحمن الرحيم سلام على عباده الذين اصطفى سلام على المرسلين اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وأنزله المقعد المقرب عندك اللهم رب هذه الدعوة القائمة والصلاة النافعة صل على محمد وارض عني رضا لا تسقط بعده أبدا اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد وارحم محمد وآل محمد كما صليت وباركت ورحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد 
اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وأزواجه وذريته كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته كما باركت على آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد النبي وأزواجه أمهات المؤمنين وذريته وأهل بيته كما صليت على إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وترحم على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما ترحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ترحم على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما ترحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم تحنن على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما تحننت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم سلم على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما سلمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد وبارك وسلم على محمد وعلى آل محمد وارحم محمد وآل محمد كما صليت وبارك وترحمت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك كما صليت على آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت 
ഹിയാത്തു 
ونذيرا وأن الساعة آتية لا ريب فيها السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين اللهم اغفر لي وهدني اللهم اغفر لنا وهدنا التحيات الطيبات والصلوات والملك لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله التحيات لله الصلوات لله الزاكيات لله السلام على النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين شهدت أن لا إله إلا الله شهدت أن محمد رسول الله التحيات الطيبات الصلوات الزاكيات لله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمد عبده ورسوله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين التحيات الطيبات الصلوات الزاكيات لله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين التحيات الصلوات لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين التحيات لله الصلوات الطيبات السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله التحيات المباركات الصلوات الطيبات لله السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله بسم الله والسلام على رسول الله